You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Monday. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. And if you're listening on Big Blue View Radio, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm joined today by Patricia Trena of Giants Country and Locked On Giants. Good friend here to uh, to talk about Giants free agency, the draft, and uh, all that good stuff. Patty, how you doing? Hey, in Ed. It was a busy first week of free agency. Exciting. A lot to talk about and still a lot of stuff coming up that I'm sure we'll be talking about over the coming weeks. Absolutely. It's uh, it's almost a little bit of a, uh, a take your you know, kind of catch your breath time a little bit right now, but still a lot coming, uh, a lot coming down the pipe and a lot, uh, a lot of, of draft stuff to talk about. On on, uh, on my show, you know, I've had Tony Del Genio and, and Nick Filato, uh on after some of the uh, the big moves that the Giants made last week to kind of break those things down, give some perspective on those things. And what I kind of want to do today is sort of take inventory of of where the Giants are and where they want to go or where they need to go um, going forward. And when you look at what they've done, Patty, and what they haven't done as of yet, you made some big moves. Darren Waller, Bobby Okereke, um, you know, bringing in Paris Campbell. They've done some interesting things and things that, that should help them. But when you look at it, when you look at the Giants as of today, what haven't they done yet in your mind that you think they need to do? Offensive line. Got to address the interior of the offensive line. They lost Nick Gates. They uh, don't have John Feliciano signed as of this recording. Really the only center with experience I think they have on the roster, if I'm not mistaken, is Ben Bredesen, who is under contract. You've got to address that offensive line and ideally that center position. Because, look, you've got two young tackles who are currently on their rookie contract. You've got potentially, you know, if Josh Shizudu or Marcus McKeithen can somehow win starting jobs, they're on their rookie contracts. Then if you add a center on a rookie contract, now you've got a good young line and the chance to have some continuity, which is so hard to do in the NFL when it comes to offensive lines. I mean, every year it seems like some teams just keep turning over spots on their offensive line. How about some continuity? We go back and we look at the Giants of 2007 through 2010. They had continuity and they were a pretty good line. And they, you know, they, they were a brick wall for, for Eli Manning. Well, doesn't Daniel Jones deserve the same type of, you know, brick wall? I mean, they just invested four years, 160 million in him. So why not give him the protection of a good, solid line that's going to be together for a while? Absolutely, Patty. And the one question that I have or the one 
surprising thing to me, I suppose, at this point, I always knew that it was really going to be a choice for the Giants between Nick Gates and John Feliciano in terms of bringing one back. I did. I never expected both to be back. And, you know, Gates moved on to Washington. The Giants were never going to pay him three years and $16.5 million. That just wasn't going to happen. But I'm a little bit surprised at this point that they haven't re-upped with John Feliciano yet. Are you a little bit? Uh, are you a little bit surprised by that as well? Yes and no. I think they will eventually, but I think they had some other priorities they wanted to address. So I do think Feliciano will be back. I don't think it'll be more than a one-year deal. But they wanted to address some of these other needs. You know, they added to the receiver core. They they added to the defensive line. And it looks like they're trying to continue to add to the defensive line with, um, you know, Sean Robinson, who's coming in on Monday or is reportedly coming in on Monday. They added to the linebacker group, you know, with Bobby Okereke. So I'm not stunned that Feliciano isn't back. Um, but I do think they, they will look to add a veteran center, whether it be him or if somebody shakes loose, maybe they look to, you know, bring him in. Um, and I would love to see them take a center in the draft. I really would. If there's one sitting there, shoot, grab them. I mean, you'd, you'd have a young offensive core and a brick wall for Daniel Jones to function behind. And that's something he just hasn't had. Absolutely, Patty. And it's uh, it's been a long time since the Giants – had a center who was more than basically who ended up as more than a one-year fill-in, a one-year stopgap. Yeah. It's been a long time, and 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 you simply can't build <laughs> a solid offensive line, one that, as you said, has continuity, one that you know from year to year you know what you're going to get. You can't do that when you don't know who's going to be snapping the ball. You just can't. Right, and there's there's such a thing as chemistry between the quarterback and the center. You know, if you think back to when Sean O'Hara was here and Eli Manning was the quarterback, how many times did we hear Sean O'Hara say over the course of a season, Eli and I practiced snapping the ball a thousand times? And did they have very many uh, botched snaps between them? I can't think of a whole lot off the top of my head. You know, so it is so important. And then the other thing is in the protection calls, you know, the, if the center's making the protection calls, he's got to be seeing what the what the quarterback is seeing. So that that chemistry and being on the same page so important. And how do you get that if you keep turning over the center spot every year? Absolutely. So, Patty, the other thing when I look at what hasn't been done, really, the Giants lost Julian Love. And, you know, we can talk about why and whether we're surprised or not. I'm personally not surprised that Julian Love moved on. But when I look at needs, things that the Giants need to do, I think that defensive secondary, particularly cornerback, but maybe even safety if there's, you know, if there's somebody there, you know, at, at 57 or even 25 or whatever, if there's somebody out there that they really like, I still feel like cornerback, especially for Wink Martindale, because I said this at Big Blue View the other day, and I honestly believe this. The Giants drafted at number five a year ago. 
and they drafted Kayvon Thibodeau. And no one is going to complain about having Kayvon Thibodeau because he's a heck of a player. But I will always believe they would have drafted Sauce Gardner at number five if Gardner had if if the Jets hadn't gotten there first at number four. Wink Martindale says all the time that cornerback is so important to his defense. In fact, a year ago, I think he admitted cornerback is more important than pass rusher because of the pressure he puts on those guys. So I look at corner, and I don't expect the Giants to go spend money, a ton of money, but I would expect them to address cornerback fairly highly in the draft. I don't know. How do you you see that? I, I agree. I could see it possibly being in the first round because this is a deep quarterback class. But I think if the center is there, like I'm a big Schmitz fan, John Michael Schmitz, love the guy. Mm -hmm. He's sitting there at 25. I don't see him getting to the Giants in the second round. I think at 57 where they draft in the second round. So do I see a potential for a quarterback at 57? Yes. And you're absolutely right. I mean, Right now, the Giants have Adoree Jackson as their number one cornerback. And this is a guy who um, I think this is the last year of his contract. He has a voidable year after this year. So who knows if he's going to be extended. You have, um, you know, a couple of young guys. You've got Cordell Flott, who didn't look horrible, but, you know, there's still some questions about him because he did miss some time. Aaron Robinson, who can't stay on the field, you know, Darnay Holmes, who it just seems like every year they want to draft over him. They, you know, they, they need to add to that position, I think, because, you know, they have quantity, but whether they have quality, I think you can make a case that maybe they don't have what they need just yet. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patty, what I want to talk about a little bit, I want to talk about what the Giants have done over the last week and what we've seen in the marketplace and the impact on a couple of Giants in particular. We know that on Monday, as as you mentioned, the Giants reportedly are bringing in a Sean Robinson for a visit, defensive tackle, played the last three years for the Rams. They signed Raheem Nunez Rochez, um, Nacho, as as he wants to be called, you know, run stopping defensive tackle. It's obviously a position that they are prioritizing. But there's a there's a and we keep talking about we keep waiting for a Leonard Williams contract extension. But there's a little nagging voice in the back of my head that keeps wondering the more guys they bring in. And if you look at the draft, there's a possibility of a couple defensive tackles that might be interesting at 25 as well. Brian Bressy is one of those guys. But there's a little nagging voice in the back of my head saying, if they bring in enough guys, they might move on from Leonard Williams this offseason. I don't know. what, what What's your thought on on what you think might happen here with Williams? Wow. Um, you can't rule that out. 
32 million is, is Williams's cap hit, but see here, here's, there's two things with Williams, which I, I take into consideration is why I'm not surprised something hasn't been done there yet. Number one, he's coming off of a neck issue that bothered him down the stretch. So I know I have said in the case with Xavier McKinney and people say, Oh, the giants got to extend him. I say, no, they got to see how McKinney goes through with his rehab on that hand. And if he can get that hand, you know, up to stuff. Well, I think the same argument can be made with Leonard Williams, you know, is he going to be okay moving forward? I mean, we, we don't know where he is health wise. I think everybody's optimistic that he'll be okay, but you know, we don't know publicly where this where they stand the other issue is that williams is what going to be 29 if i'm not mistaken he's had injuries over the last couple of years and we're talking about a contract extension not a restructure with a restructure those are a lot easier to do because a team can just go to a player and say okay we're going to convert you know, whatever percentage or whatever millions of dollars of your base salary, give it to you up front and we're going to lower your base, but this is going to help us. So the player doesn't lose any money in the process. It's you just, it's accounting basically. Right. Just, right. right. You're, just moving, you're moving, you're, you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. Right. So with a contract extension, you know, now you're talking something that's a little bit more complex, you know, do the Giants want it, Williams for three years? Does Williams only want two years? So there's all kinds of, you know, little things that have to factor in. And it's not as easy to get this done because you're not talking a restructure, you're talking an extension. So I think that, and I also wonder, you know, how much the injuries are playing into the equivalent. I still think for the record, Leonard Williams, when healthy, he's a very good player. He can definitely help this team. And I do think they want him, you know, moving forward. But long term, what I mean, how would you define long term for him? One year, two years, three years? Right. That's where the question has to, you know, be answered. Right. There are two things with Williams that that nag at me a little bit. And one, as you said, he was a rock for many, many years in the NFL, never missing time. We've you know, this past year for the first time he missed games and the reality of it is when you get to 29, 30, you get to your eighth, ninth year in the NFL, that doesn't get better. Yeah. It doesn't get better. There are going to be missed games. There are going to be, you know, what we see right now from Leonard Williams, he's not going to get better as a player. And, and there's two things that nag at me. And one is how long is that extension going to be? Cause you don't want to be tied to him for four more years or whatever you you know you you'd love to add one maybe two at the most and, and the other thing that nags at me is that that I've been told that Leonard Williams and in his reps are a very difficult negotiation they want to squeeze every dollar out mm -hmm. of out of everything and and that nags at me and it just makes me wonder if the Giants will get to a point where they look at this and say, we just can't get to a deal that makes sense and we need this money and we just, we don't want to move on, but we just can't get to a deal that makes sense. So, so, you know, moving on from Williams is what they wind up having to do. 
And then there's another factor here. Remember, the Giants restructured Williams, I think, twice the last couple of years. So his prorated bonus right now for 2023, $14.26 million. Then in 2024, it's $5.96 million. So if you restructure or, or extend him and lower that $18 million base salary that he has, now you're going to add on to the prorated bonus. You're talking a, a hefty amount here. So if you cut Williams and you make him a post-June 1st designation, that's an $18 million saving with a $14.26 million cap hit this year and a $5.96 million next year, which they were going to absorb anyway if they left the contract as is because in 2024, he's got the voidable year. If you make him a pre-June or a standard cut, $12, 12 million, a uh, little over $12 million in savings, and then you have a $20.22 million dead money hit. So in this case, if the Giants were to move on from Leonard Williams, a post-June 1st cut, I think, would make sense. But I think they would like to have him. I'd be very surprised if he's cut, but certainly I could see a scenario where maybe that could be in the cards. Because, look, the Giants have already restructured Darren Waller's contract. I don't know necessarily if they want to have to redo Adoree Jackson's contract. Um you know, ideally, I think they'd like to get something done with Dexter Lawrence to lower his number. I know they'd like to get something done with Saquon to lower his number. But where else are you going to get money from? I mean, the Giants, I think last I checked, they had under just under a um, million dollars in effective cap space, according to Over the Cap. Now, that'll change, obviously. But you need money to sign your draft class. You need money to get you through the year. Where's that money going to come from? Yeah, absolutely, and and so we'll we'll have to follow what happens with uh, with Leonard Williams. It's an interesting s situation, a little bit of a sticky situation. And you're right, the Giants don't want to lose him. They, they didn't want to lose James Bradbury a year right. ago, but but sometimes in a salary cap driven league with a hard cap, sometimes things happen simply because of of the finances and and patty the other player we we absolutely have to talk about you mentioned him a minute ago we have to talk about saquon he's on the 10.1 million dollar franchise tag this year i think he's one of three running backs josh jacobs and i i can't think of the other one who's on the franchise tag for pollard, uh, pollard who's on the franchise tag for for 2023 you know, we we've heard the numbers. We heard that he you know, that he, that he turned down you know a twelve and a half million dollar annual value long term deal a while ago. You keep you heard earlier in the off season that he wants more than that. The Giants are pretty much dug in on their number. I've begun to wonder two things. I've begun to wonder if a long term deal is ever going to get done. And I've also begun to wonder if, from the Giants' perspective, that $12.5 million is even still on the table. So if it's not, there's no way they get a long-term deal done. But yeah, but I'm, I'm just, just what's your sense of the Barkley situation? Well, I don't think the Giants will pull that $12.5 million deal off the table. I think, you know, I, I had heard that they had gotten as high as 13. Now, that said, I don't think they want to go any higher than that. And you look at what running backs are getting on the open market, and it's not a whole lot. 
No, that's why no. you wonder, because that's a lot of money compared to what everybody right. else is getting. Right. Now, you know, 10 million is not bad for Saquon. I mean, all things considered. I mean, what did, what did Miles Sanders get? I want to say he got nine. Did he he got nine less than that. I'd have to look it up, Patty. I think but... it was six. It was, it was, wasn't it like 54 was... for four or something like that? I, I think it was, but it was, it was less than that. All right. Now I'm not comparing and saying that, you know, Saquon is, is on, on par with Miles Sanders, two different very types of players, but you have a deep running back class. Miles Third Sanders, but let me just toss this out quickly. Miles Sanders got four years in 25.4 million. So a little okay. bit over 6 million a year. Okay. So there you go. All right. You have a deep running back class in this draft. Everybody has said this is a deep class for running backs. Saquon doesn't have leverage here. I think, you know, quite honestly, his side overplayed this. You knew the minute that Daniel Jones got done, you knew what was coming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't blame Saquon. I don't blame any player for wanting to get as much as they can because this is such a small window to maximize your earning. But you also have to read the market, you know, and, oh. and you know, I don't know if, if reports of him wanting $16 million, which is what McCaffrey gets a year, I don't know if those are true or not, or $15 million, which Zeke was getting before he was cut. But, you know, you got to know the market. And I just yeah. feel like his side overplayed their hand a little bit here. The Giants have the leverage. And, you know, people always ask me, oh, if they don't get a deal done, will Saquon hold out? He might skip the spring. I could see that. Would he skip training camp maybe in the beginning? But, you know, I always go back, and I and I, I remember how Saquon multiple times said, gosh, when I was injured, I missed being out there with my brothers. I missed playing. I missed the game. I loved the game. And I get it, you know, you have a small window to earn, but to have $10 million plus guaranteed, that's not a bad chunk of change. I think I could retire comfortably on that. I mean, I don't know what expenses he has or whatnot or what his lifestyle is like, but, you know, you have to understand the market. And I, I question whether or not, you know, there's that good understanding of the market. Well, the other thing, when you say understand the market, you can, I think you, you also might have said read the room. And if you're not going to, if you didn't, then I, I will say that as well. Yeah. Here And here's the reality. Joe Shane didn't draft Saquon Barkley. Mm -hmm. Joe Shane would not have drafted Saquon Barkley at number two. No way. No way. Yeah. Because you look at Joe Shane's history, you look at the teams he's worked for. Joe doesn't value a running back that way. Right. You're given, given his choice, Joe would I I fully believe that Joe would rather not spend $13 million a year on a running back. Yeah. But this is the situation that the Giants are in. And and in all honesty, I think that if Saquon pushes, then the Giants are just going to let him play on the tag. And I think a, if they don't have a deal done by the draft, the earlier the Giants take a running back, that to me, that will Tell tell you a lot about the future of Saquon Barkley with the Giants because if yeah. they draft if they draft a running back, say at fifty seven, you know, in the first two rounds, they're telling you that they're planning to move on from Saquon. Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely, I could. I mean, I don't think they'll take a running back in the second round. Maybe you know, 
But I can see third, yeah, fourth round, but right. I, your point is well taken. Mm-hmm. But the earlier they take one, the, right. the more seriously they treat the position in the draft gives you an indication of of Saquon's long-term future. I, I, I really believe that. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, you know, and let's hope it works out. I mean, you know, Saquon is, is, is a wonderful player. He's been a great face of the franchise for them. Um, and again, I understand he wants to get paid his what he feels his worth is. But how many of us can sit, sit there and say that we're worth more than what we're actually getting paid? I know I can. I know you probably can. I think everybody on the face of the planet will sit there and say, if you were to ask them and say, what do you think you're worth per year? Our employers would not agree that we're worth that. <laughs> in our pay. Yeah, I, I, I fully understand that sentiment, Patty. And uh, got to ask you about one more player who apparently thinks that that he's worth a whole lot more than the market appears willing to pay him these days. And that, of course, is uh, is Odell Beckham Jr., who seems to be taking to social media these days and saying that. Uh, you know, offers for him to play for four million dollars a year just aren't enough. And whatever you think of that, whatever you think of of Odell, I've I've told you this before, but I have never really thought that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to return to the Giants, despite all the speculation and all the headlines and all the Giants' reported interest and talking to him and going to his workout and all that. I have never thought that Odell Beckham Jr. at this point in his career and this edition of the Giants were a match. I'm just curious if yeah. uh, where, where you stand on the whole Odell thing. Look, I mean, the Giants had to do due diligence. I don't fault them for inquiring. I don't fault them for having Odell in. I don't fault them for going to the workout. But Odell is coming off his second ACL and yes, he did the workout and all based on reports, he dazzled on the workout, but he also worked out. If I remember correctly, without a shirt on and without football equipment on, which does kind of change things a little bit because that equipment can add weight and kind of maybe change, you know, how you operate out there. That said, I mean, you know, you talk about reading the room. I can understand Odell wanting you know, to be paid, but look at what the market's going for receivers. I, I don't think any receivers in free agency really made like, um, you know, a huge deal. You know, I mean, I think they've been modest. So I don't know exactly what Odell's looking for, but if he's trying to get paid, you know, like the, the top receiver in the free agency class, I think he needs to maybe take a step back and reevaluate things and just, Maybe, I don't know, maybe the first year becomes a prove-it type deal with incentives uh, as opposed to guaranteed money or, you know, sure things. If, well, if, if you're that convinced that, you know, you're, you're, that you're better and you're, you're as good as new, then well, what, what's, what's the problem with going out there and showing people? And well, earning- l- l- let, me, let, me, let me ask you this, Patty. When is the last time Odell Beckham Jr. was better than Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, or Isaiah Hodgins. He's been injured. When's the last time he was better than any of those guys? It was a he's long... Been injured. He's been injured. And even if you go back and look at his numbers from Cleveland and, and, and all of that, he's not... 
And this is what I say to people. He is not the Odell Beckham Jr. that Giants fans remember from 2015, 2016, yeah. 2017. He is not that player anymore. Right. You're you're not getting that guy. And Odell has to look in the mirror and, and realize he's not that guy anymore either. Well, I I, I, I can understand it. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes you look in the mirror and you say, I'm better than ever before. But ultimately things do catch up with you. I mean, I'd like to sit here and say that, you know, I, I, I got as much energy as I did when I was in my twenties. And, you know, that's not the case, you know. So I, I understand it, you know, because it's such a small window and you want to cash in on it. You want to capitalize. You know, Odell set goals for himself. He wanted to go down in history as the best receiver ever to play the game. Unfortunately, life got in the way. And at some point, you just got to sit there and say, okay, maybe I won't be the best receiver in the game, but I can work to be the best Odell that I could be. All right, Patty, last thing for you, uh, between now and the uh, the NFL draft, can you see any more big moves from the Giants? I see supplemental signings. Yeah. I, 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 I don't see a big move. I'm just curious if you if you see a spot where they might make a big move. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, their cap situation right now, I mean – I looked at over the cap. They over the cap had them at um, I think it was just under a million dollars in cap space, which means they're going to have to open stuff up. So where are they going to fit in a big signing? Unless they, you know, unless you're talking like a Saquon extension or a Leonard Williams extension, that would be considered big, I guess. But right. I think you know we're entering the second wave of free agency, and I think this any signings moving forward are going to reflect that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the work right now for the Giants, unless they they can make a, a smaller signing. And Sean Robinson wouldn't be a small signing per se because he's a good player. He's been a good player right. in the league for a while. But I don't think you're going to see any more huge moves, any more right. Darren Waller-type trades. I think you're right. I think what we're going to see is a lot of contract work. Williams, right. Barkley, Dexter Lawrence, like you said, anything else that they might want to do, uh, you know, contract wise, I, I think that's I think that's the news that we're going to see, you know, going forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They just don't have the money. I mean, you want to get into cap hell again by kicking, you know, the can down the road. I, I, I don't think Shane wants to do that if he doesn't have to. No, he doesn't. And people keep asking me, well, why didn't the Giants just take uh, you know, why didn't they make Kenny Galladay a, a, a post-June 1 cut? Couldn't wait. And they needed the money. They, they needed the money. Plus, you know, Joe said this at the Combine. We'd like to be done with this contract. We'd like to take our medicine. Mm -hmm. And it was going to cost them the same amount of money over the two years either way. It was just right. a matter of whether for accounting purposes were they going to do half of it this year and half of it next year right. and kick, you know, kick $6.8 million into next year. And they just chose to take the hit now. And, yeah. and that's and that's fine because you keep kicking the money down the road and, and sooner or later that catches up with you too. Absolutely. So I, I don't fault them for it. I mean, yes, it would have been nice to have the 13 plus million. But that money wouldn't have been available to them until June 1st anyway. Right. They got stuff they got to get done now. So, you know, down the line, you, you redo, uh, you know, maybe you get Dexter 
extended or you do something with Leo or, you know, I don't know. Uh, this, you could do, uh, you could uh, do something with McKinney if you really wanted to at some uh, point well, too, if you, if you feel good about him going toward, forward. I would wait to see how yeah. his hand comes through, but, but you, you can do something down the line. I don't think you have to rush right now. I mean, the priority is obviously filling in whatever else they need. Um, and, and that's why I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of more, you know, other than maybe veteran minimum type deals or, or smaller signings. Right. Right. All right. I think Patty, I think that's a, a good place for us to, to wrap it up. Uh, thank you as always. So I wanted to, uh, you know, let folks know if, uh, if you've got anything special coming up here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, we're doing draft previews over on uh, giants country as well as uh, we'll have analysis and some other stuff. I've got a couple of, cap uh, items that I'm going to work on. Uh, hopefully if we have some quiet time this week, like last week. And then on the Locked on Giants podcast, I've got some really cool guests lined up for the week. Um, we'll hear about Jeff Smith, a uh, receiver that I, I don't think a lot of people know about. So I'm going to have Locked on the Jets uh, host, John Butchko, come on, and he's going to talk about that. I'm going to have, uh, I've got a former NFL player coming on. Um, so just, yeah, I've got a whole bunch of stuff coming on. Uh, with the Locked on Giants podcast, which is available on YouTube as well as any place you get your podcasts. Cool. All right, Patty, thanks again. And Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.